0: This is On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com, on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day everyone and welcome to On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the Radio Show Limited's RS1. Thank you for joining us. Big show coming your way. Team owner Brad Jones will join us to talk about the team's spectacular win on the weekend and the first in four years for BJR and driver Nick Burkat. Crowley catches up with Lee Holdsworth and Jack LeBrock to talk about their weekend in Sydney. And Mark Walker joins Richard and myself to wrap up an amazing restart to racing for supercars. But first the news of the week and we start off with Sydney Motorsport Park and the Supercars restart, three races and other another big weekend for Shell V-Power Racing Scott McLachlan who took wins in race seven and nine of the season. McLachlan telling Supercars Media it was great to be racing again.
1: Ah look just determination, um, the whole group has been has been some tough times not only for our team but for everyone in the sport and um, I think it's just the love and the want to go racing again you know it's... Just, there's nothing like, you know, we can do as many cartoon races as we want, but there's nothing like uh, going out there for the very first time and revving the engine off the start. So, um, it's it's pretty awesome and, um, yeah, can't wait for the fans to come back here because uh, it's going to be so much better as well. I'm sure we're going to get a
0: massive crowd. Scott says the new formats were a buzz. also.
1: I haven't minded it. I, I think it's pretty cool. It sort of brings me back to the DVS days where you sort of, the development series days where you used to run, like, different tyres and some people were faster in the second race and all that sort of stuff. So... I enjoyed passing and doing all bits and pieces. Um, yeah, it was some really good racing this weekend and a track with dag it provides that. So hopefully Winton, there's no dag there, but hopefully we can make some good spicy racing there.
0: Race 8 was won by Nick Perk, he told Supercars Media that he couldn't be prouder to have won a race for BJR.
2: It's amazing. It's a, I can't thank Brad and the whole team enough. Obviously he can't be here, and the first thing, thank you Brad for having the faith in me. It's taken a few more years than I would have wanted, but BJR, AE, everyone done a mega job and the Dunlop Super Dealer car is uh, hooked up and obviously we just, as soon as we're in a good position we just throw everything at it because um, live for now and see how we go uh, in race three.
0: So Scott McLaughlin leads the championship on 574 points 49 ahead of Jamie Winkup on 525 Chaz Most at third on 432 At the moment, Winton is scheduled to be the next race on the calendar, but that may change in the next couple of weeks after border restrictions have been put in place by Queensland for Victorians or people who travel here. Team owner Brad Jones has told On The Grid he doesn't believe they'll be racing at Winton in two weeks' time.
3: Um, I'm not
0: that confident, to be honest. I mean, I think that, um, you know, it's crazy times.
3: I watched the... um, Minister for Northern Territory when all this started going on, and he said, "Anyone that can t- thinks they can tell you what's going to go on in two weeks is either a liar or a lunatic." Yeah. And and I don't think that's changed a lot, to be honest. It's, it looked like it was it was all getting unwound, and now this has happened. So, um, but I, supercars do have other options. Um, you know what we did in Sydney Motorsport Park worked well. Um, we we need to go where we can race. So it'll really depend on on. What the governments and the state governments, or what the government and the state governments allow us to do. So I think supercars will be um, uh, beavering away at trying to work out what's what's best for
4: everyone.
0: More from Brad Jones shortly. The F1 season is up and running again this weekend. Dale Rogers has filed this preview.
4: Yes, Tony. Formula One kicks off again this weekend. Uh, it's the last of probably the big formulas to get going. Obviously, we've had IndyCar, uh, NASCAR, and here in Australia, supercars going ahead. Um, an, eight, an eight round opening uh, series has been announced, uh, kicking off this weekend at Austria. We, and then a double header, uh, two weekends in Austria, followed by uh, two weekends um, in, in the UK. Uh, they go via Hungary for round three, two rounds in the UK, uh, and then finishing off this, this stanza in uh, Spain, Belgium, and Italy in early September. So, eight races planned, uh, two double headers. And I guess now we look to the form guide. Uh, and who's going to be uh, at the front of the field, who's going to perform well. As Richard Crowell quite rightly said in our preview for the Grand Prix, which seems oh so long ago, uh, that uh, testing doesn't provide a lot of detail. And indeed it doesn't. But what it did do is show some of the car's strengths in certain aspects. Mercedes were fast. They will bring an all-black livery in support of the racism movement around the globe at the moment, a brand-new livery for Mercedes. Um, Lewis Hamilton's been at the forefront of that campaign as well. Um, they were quick uh, in in all tyre combinations, and they topped the timesheets. Unsurprisingly, after the six days of testing in Barcelona before Australia, Ferrari lacked uh, certainly some outright speed. We know that from the speed traps, uh, but I'm sure the work has been done there at Maranello over the uh, the break. Red Bull were possibly the team that, although didn't shake up the timesheets did put in some particularly good long runs. And I think this is something that uh, a lot of the pundits are looking at and saying that Red Bull could well have stepped it up uh, to really be right with uh, Ferrari, if not uh, Mercedes. The midfield is a fascinator again. uh, Racing point probably emerged very strongly in that, Tony. Uh, Perez looking very, very sharp. Uh, Again, over long runs and over multiple tyres. Uh, McLaren a little hard to read, and Renault. Although Daniel Ricciardo did finish third uh, in the last of the tests at Barcelona before the Grand Prix, uh, he was on the on the Super soft or the C5 tyre. Some of the cars around him were on C4s. So this battle again is going to be really very strong with uh, Racing Point, McLaren, and Renault really leading that charge. The probably the, the team that were. The happiest after the test was Williams. Uh, they they put in a lot of miles, as opposed to the fact that they hadn't in previous years in testing with the car being so late. They also finished very much in the midfield battle. So I think everyone would be would be very pleased to see whether or not we can uh, we can get that Williams at least up the grid, challenging the AlfaTore and the Saubers. So Austria is a great circuit. It's a, it's a double header, as I say. The teams will stay there. There are severe protocols in place in the Formula One. Uh, Uh, pits, Uh, they'll be testing every day as I understand and if anyone tests uh, or waiting for tests that's anything that's negative they will instantly have their electronic coded pit entry Uh, cards um, uh, uh, basically uh, coded out so they cannot enter the precinct. So I'm sure you'll see some some pretty severe um, problems because they need to get this this championship going. Huge investment, uh, huge sponsorship and huge TV revenues depending on this. But two weeks at Austria, great track. Uh, Hopefully it does mix it up and uh, And Tony, hopefully next week we can talk about, perhaps as we've seen in some supercars racing this weekend, some new winners. So uh, we'll give you a full update on On The Grid next week.
0: Thank you, Dale. That's all the news for now. Let's get straight into the show. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. All right, time to kick off our program to look at what was a fantastic weekend of racing, especially for Brad Jones Racing, to have a win and just a, a consistent weekend right across the board and to tell us more about it, Brad Jones joins us now. Congratulations, mate. Four years in the making for this one. For you and also for Nick, it was a pretty special victory.
3: Absolutely. Thanks, Tony. Um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe it's been four years since we uh, we last had a win, but it's been, you know, slim pickings. Certainly we've had the odd podium, but not not got the win. So, to be able to capitalise on that on the weekend and get a result was, was fantastic. And Nick, all, I mean, all the guys were fast. We had three guys in the shootout on on Saturday
0: and uh, and I, I just felt like it all went really really well I'll throw this out straight off the top but instead of waiting to a little bit later on but how's it been in regards to keeping the motivation going at the team for a four-year drought it, obviously it does get it must get on their nerves and your nerves at times
3: I mean it's difficult you compete to be successful and so when you when you're not it is really really tough so so uh, you know the thing about BJR is we're a pretty close-knit bunch, and we haven't had a lot of of road you know, people coming and going. So it's a it's it's a lot of them the same people, and it's just you know I don't know it's just one of those things you just keep on beavering away, and and uh, you know on the weekend with the uh, you know look we had a tie strategy that was really good, but Nick ended up being the third highest points gatherer for the weekend anyway. So we were definitely very fast and, um, you know, just all click the car was good. I think the difference between being good and not being good in motorsport is tiny. When you think about one second covers the whole field, um, you know, it's hundreds and tens of seconds if you're looking for, which you wouldn't think would be that hard to find. But in reality, it's very difficult to to find those little
0: bits that make that difference. And you've got two senior drivers now I suppose we can call them even though Todd has only been in at the main game for a couple of years but you've got two senior drivers that the team can really seem to build its future on for the next few years in Nick and Todd.
3: Absolutely I mean the you know Todd was new to the team this is his third year I think in the championship and and he's um, you know he's he's spinning really well he's a series two champion and and um, I think that extra year last year he had a couple of flashes of results but but um, made a great start, fitting well with the team, and his pace is close to Nick. And look, I mean, Slaby was fantastic in the team, but you know, it was uh, time for a change, and and um, uh, and I feel like Todd is, is uh, you know stepping up to the challenge. So, and Nick, of course, is my mainstay guy, and he's been with us for uh, four years now. This is fourth year, and doing a great job. So we're all gelling at the moment, and you know, one swallow does make it summer, but but. I feel like we're heading in the right direction. So, really looking forward to the next one.
0: And then add to that a couple of uh, impetuous kids in Macaulay and also in Nick, guys that just want to do an absolutely fantastic job but probably still haven't got that experience yet. A couple of really good mentors for them as well in Todd and Nick. 100%. Um, you know, we've got Todd who's, who's been doing it three years.
3: Maca is is this is his second year and Jack is coming into his first year. So... We've got you know, we've got quite a, a, a disparity in terms of experience when you compare certainly the the, the two rookies to Nick and uh, but you know that's what it's all about it's a learning process. Um, Maca being in the shootout was the first time he'd ever had that opportunity yeah. in supercars. I feel like he has stepped up and um, he found you know he had different things in the race going on. I, I think he. He uh, spent a fair bit of time on the be- his best set of ties behind Rick Kelly on Sunday, so I think he's worked out who's the hardest bloke to pass in this sport is. Um, but you know, it's all learning experience, right? So I feel like um, you know, I feel like it's going okay at the moment. But I've been doing it a long time, so you know, like even though it's a footy clash uh, cliche, you know, we're just sort of taking it one race meeting at a time to see see where we are. But I feel like um we're we're in a pretty good spot
0: and unfortunately in these times that's probably all we can do is take it one race at a time we'll talk about that a little bit later on for yourself though you talk about a learning experience how was it learning how to win or how, how to be part of a winning team sitting at home watching that it wasn't
3: it that wasn't a great experience
0: to be honest. <laughs> i mean it was it's exciting we we're all you know i was with a
3: group at work watching it and so we were all pretty pumped and you know yahoo and y- around the room but it's not quite the same as being at the track and cheering. So, um, you know, but it's a win and I'll take that anyway. I can get it. So, uh, you know, hopefully it's not the last one for the year. But, um, um, you know, it was, yeah, to answer your question, it was, I mean, it was great to be able to share it with some people. But on, on Sunday night, I went home. My wife was away and you know, my daughter and my grandson had gone to bed and it was about 8 o'clock. And I'm like, okay. Well it's pretty quiet now. Normally you're with a bunch of people celebrating yeah. and coming home and talking about it and we're all traveling and so yeah, it was a pretty quiet nice.
0: Did you have much contact with the team throughout the weekend? I know you're a very hands-on person through the team. Did you have much contact or was that something else that was a learning experience for you?
4: Uh, no. Um
3: <laughs> they I had a bit of contact with them. So so um um yeah, no, we 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 spoke very regularly and I spoke to them all on Saturday night. And, um, but you're not there. So you can't, you can't look at something and go, I wouldn't do that. or I think that's a great idea. You, you know, it takes a lot longer to go through the process. And sometimes the message doesn't get through. So, um, you know, but, but I think the the number, the people that we get is the new number. So um, we just need to um, adjust to that. That's what it's going to be. And, and hopefully they'll allow team owners come. I was joking to Talking to Sean Seema on Monday, and I said, when we when we get to Winston, if you don't allow team owners to go, and uh, you know you buzz a joint helicopter, you'll see someone under one of those camo sheets with a big radio, you know, like those <laughs> guys that that call for the spotter and tell them yeah. where to where to shoot. Well, that'd be me. You know, I'll be under all the camo gear, down on the corners, watching. The rain.
0: Well, speaking of Winston, it's on in two weeks' time, and it's been a successful track for you guys, but. She was. I tell you what, the Queensland Government has thrown a bit of a spanner in the works. What are we thinking about, Winton? We saw the release from Supercars yesterday saying that they're looking at all options that are available. Are we confident that we'll be racing at Winton in two weeks?
3: Um, I'm not that confident, to be honest. I mean, I think that, um, you know, it's crazy times. I watched the um, Chief Minister for Northern Territory when all this started going on, and he said, anyone that can... To they can tell you what's going to go on in two weeks is either a liar or a lunatic, yeah. and and I don't think that's changed a lot to be honest. That's it looked like it was it was all getting unwound, and now this has happened. So, um, but supercars do have other options. Um, you know what we did in Sydney Motorsport Park worked well. Um, we we need to go where we can race. So it'll really depend on on what the governments and the state governments what the government and the state governments allow us to do. So I think supercars will be um, uh, beavering away at trying to work out what's, what's best for everyone. So, um, you know, I was really hoping at Winton we could have some, some support Mm. from the fans um, because, you know, they've been fantastic through this. So I, you know, one of the things that suggested to Sean was if you um, turned up at the gate and you had a, a license from regional Australia whether it's Victoria, New South Wales, up to Canberra, all the place where there is no coronavirus then you can buy a ticket and come in and that way you know we're, we're sort of as long as you respect social distancing then that would be a fantastic thing for the region yeah and yeah. Um, but of course then um, it started to spike in Victoria and even though it's in the city that the problem seems to be um, it's still in Victoria so Queenslanders, you know, rightly so, are nervous about that, and so uh, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see where what supercars end up doing. But but um, they're on it.
0: I suppose it also puts doubt over Townsville as well, in a in a month and a bit's time.
3: Yeah, well, they've just announced that Darwin um, is is going to allow fans. So yeah, which is great. So um, I think you know Tickford are in broad meadows, but the other two are pretty pretty clear. So. it just, you know, I mean, I don't pretend for a second to be able to to give you the, the answers. That I'm sure there'll be a lot of testing going on. They've got really good medical advice, what to do. I'm talking about supercars now. So we're just going to work through it and, and see where we end up. But, you know, the, I think anything that's too far out, there's going to be a question mark over.
0: Have you been proud of the sport, Brad, the way it's handled the last three to four months and the way, I mean, obviously its hands were tied in the first two to three months of this whole pandemic and nothing was able to be done at all. But the way we've come back and the, the imagination that's been used in regards to different things, it seems like everyone is pretty happy with what's going on.
3: Well, I think it's been fantastic from the E-Series to the way things have been unfolded. The only difficulty really has been the calendar and, and that was always going to be an issue. It's, it's a lot different turning up at a stadium and, and playing... A ball game. So, so the the backshot of all the people is what makes it tricky. If you watch a um, a, a game of football and look at the contact they have, um, then you wonder how they're managing to be able to do that. I get they they're in a bubble, but then you look at our sport where they're all sitting in the car and separated. It seems safe, massively safe by comparison. Mm-hmm. But the problem is the amount of people we need to run the cars. So. So we needed to get the opportunity to show a state government that we can execute, that it is safe, and that we do the right thing. And I think we, you know, we certainly covered that off last weekend. So now it's how we move forward. So I think the sport have done a great job. Supercars have done a great job. The teams have been patient. They've worked through it. And I think we're getting the right result. So now I, we just need to, you know, just work away at it one event at a time. And um, and and get it you know, get it done. So, uh, but yes, I think supercars and and the teams have handled themselves really well. They've been inventive. The E Series was a, arguably the best E Series in the world, where we actually had our twenty four real drivers yeah. all competing. I mean, that that was not done anywhere else. So great stuff. And uh, um, and now you know we're just working through the other side of that.
0: Looking on the weekend that we just had at Sydney Motorsport Park, it seems like a lot of good things have come out of it. The the racing was exciting. There's no doubt about that. Uh, A couple of things I'll throw at you and get your thoughts on. Fuel drop. What if uh, we never have another fuel drop again? That seemed to work on the weekend.
3: uh, Yeah, I think Sydney Motorsport Park's got the highest degradation any place we go to. And so that means that the tyres aren't going to live for a, a full stint. And so you need to manage that, you know, when you running around and your seconds off what you're qualified at because the tire life won't survive. I think that makes for really interesting racing when you have to put a tire on, you know, you work out and you got one set less than you need. So um, I think there's a, you know, traditionally our racing has always been with it, with a fuel stop and uh, which helps unfold strategy. So I think there's a place for it. I think, um, you know, maybe the street circuits is is where we go back to the 200s. Yeah. So we just need to do a few more races and see how they unfold. But but I think I think at some places like Tunnel Bend has no dead whatsoever. So so what fuel drops do is they change the strategy up and give you the opportunity to pass people. So I think there's a place for them. But but there's no doubt that the race on the weekend was a winner.
0: 11 in the garage plus two drivers. Is that something you could see becoming more of a mainstay through the category? 100%. Uh,
3: you know, I, I, I felt like it needed to be one more
0: than that, but I think
3: that's going to be the number.
0: Yeah. And that, that, what was the report from the guys? How did they believe it all went down?
3: Uh, they didn't have time to scratch. There was no time. No. So the day started, the next thing was dark. Um, so, lots of work to be done. But, you know, uh, I think the two day event, which I'm sure you're going to ask me about, but I thought that was a big winner. I think the commission had done a fantastic job to identify areas where we've been spending money, um, neutralize that spend, but not affect what's going on on the track. And the racing on the weekend was cracking. And, uh, you know, fast format. Now, I understand it can't be like that with the, with support cats, but. But, you know, one of that stuff I think will roll out going forward, the 11 people, the No Friday, all those things are done to save us money. So they were the first things the commission looked at to, to knock off to try and reduce costs for the teams.
0: And I suppose that's a fantastic thing because a lot of the focus in regards to reducing costs has been around the actual car itself. And people say the car's too expensive. Uh, if there's other ways that we can cut costs and we can still keep some of the more beneficial parts of the car that might cost a little bit more but the overall cost comes down it's not a bad thing.
3: Well yeah, I mean
0: look I think
3: between now and the end of the year with the formats that we've got our team will save nearly $60,000 in food spend. Wow. So so there's some massive savings by reducing the the package and and you know as I said the commission have done a really good job of identifying the things that they need to working through it and, uh, and getting the right result. And, uh, you know, the fact that we've got, you know, three team owners, four team owners in that room um, that, that the majority of them have a good understanding how to run their business.
0: So the team is back. Have you sat down with them like a good uh, coach and sort of give them that rah-rah speech and how we need to keep this up now for the rest of the year? Or does it just organically Uh, grow from here?
3: No, I'm not that. I'm not that, you know. They went out and had a a big night on on Monday night. um, And I stayed away because I don't think they need their boss there when they're down so much. So it's like the Christmas party. I go and say hello and Merry Christmas and now I leave. So... Uh, but I've, I've got the individuals and the groups, and told them what I think. You know, got the engineers and drivers together, congratulated them all, told them what a great weekend it was, and and I don't need to tell them not to lose focus so they can work that out by themselves. So I just beaver away in the background and make sure that we tick as many boxes I can see and, and follow that up. And so so um, yeah, I'm just sort of working through that really. So um, I haven't got them all together as a group, but I probably they'll at some point, you know, they're busy pulling the cars apart at the moment, fixing everything and getting ready for the next one. So I thought usually I'll let them have a little bit of time for the success to sink in, and then we have a bit more chat about it.
0: Well, mate, congratulations. As we said, four years in the making, but it's fantastic. It's finally happened, and let's hope that there's plenty more to come from here.
3: Well, thanks, Danny. I certainly hope there is, and, um, you know, we're going to be working pretty hard at it to to make sure that that's the case through this whole COVID thing, we've tried pretty hard. We've kept the doors open the whole time and the team has been fantastic. We've cut back to three days and we're working through it. And, and um, you know, I can't, I think I have a, such a great group and, and uh, you know, hopefully we're going to have a bit more success. We've certainly got that on the radar and we're working pretty hard towards it. Thanks
0: for your time. Brad Jones joining us here on The Grid. <laughs>
5: Welcome to NTI Inside the Race Week. Really cool to catch up with the drivers straight after the racing's finished at Sydney Motorsport Park on the weekend and a hugely successful return to racing for the Virgin Australia Supercars Championship. Just great to have the cars back on track. I'm sure you'd agree. And what about our guests this weekend from Tickford Racing? A couple of absolute superstars. Firstly, back in his kitchen, as we saw during the E Series, it's the Super cheap auto racing Mustang driver, Jack LeBrock. G'day, JLB. Daddy, how you going? Mate, great. Nice to have you back on board. And after a stunning podium finish, second in race nine of the championship on Sunday afternoon, the truck assist racer for Tickford, Lee Holdsworth. G'day, Lethal.
1: Hey, Richard. How are you, buddy?
5: Mate, I'm well. Not as good as you, I would imagine, after what was a pretty super Sunday at the office for you.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a wicked weekend, especially... After such a long wait, it sort of feels like it was worth the wait now. Um, but uh, look, it was it was a completely different weekend for us with the format and everything like that, and um, sort of felt like an eternity waiting for us to actually get to the track and wait to get in the car again. We were, I think all of us felt like it was you know our birthday or Christmas um, after waiting so long. So yeah, to get in the car and race, it was just good fun. And and then to you know for us we uh, we we. We pretty much had a different strategy to probably 90% of the field or 80% of the field where we saved up our our best tyres to last and um, put our eggs in in the one basket and and it paid off. And yeah, fantastic to come away with a podium. Um, Certainly at this point of the year, you know, it's early days and it's a good way to get the ball rolling again um, for the 2020 championship.
5: We'll come back to race nine and your podium finish there. I want to go to Jack now and just work through your weekend, mate, because... Uh, challenging start for you on Saturday and and the clutch issues that Tickford faced were, were talked about during the broadcast, but obviously race one didn't go to plan, but it looked like by Sunday you were building on things and qualified really well for race eight. I think that's your second best quality performance in supercars off the top of my head. So super effort. And then a couple of solid races for you on Sunday.
2: Yeah, no, it was pretty good. Well, somehow we survived that uh, stall on Saturday's race, which was pretty hairy. But uh, yeah, it was good. We just kept building over the weekend. It was good for me. There's more and more laps I got in the car. I was working it all out and understanding it. But uh, yeah, it was good. We had a pretty solid qualifying in both um, sessions there on the Sunday. And yeah, it was a shame on the, the first race on the Sunday. there. We just didn't quite nail the strategy with our tyre Um combination we went with. So we were hurting a little bit there, unfortunately. But um, no, nah, we had, had good speed all weekend. Oh, it was just awesome to be back in the car. It's unreal. I, I didn't know what a G-force was again after the <laughs> first practice session on Saturday morning. So that wigged me out a little bit. But um, no, nah, it's just great being back.
5: When you turned the pit limiter off in practice one and went from 40 k's an hour to pretty quick by turn two on your outlet, what was that feeling like?
2: Yeah, it was pretty hairy. I actually don't know if I got the full throttle until like turn four or five. I was a bit scared <laughs> of it. So um, I just trying to stay away. But uh, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things you don't realise just how much G's actually pulling. Uh, th- three and a half months with that, out of it, yeah, well, um, it takes a little while to get back. And like the next little bit sores today from turn one, loading up through there. So uh, yeah, it's good. It's cool to be back.
5: Uh, Lee, jumping on this as well. Um, one of the big stories over the weekend from a TV point of view was no one having any idea who had what rubber for each race. And that's what made the racing superb. I imagine outside of the four cars in the Tickford Racing Camp, you were in the same boat. You wouldn't have had much of an idea about who was doing what. So there was that massive unknown for everybody throughout the weekend. How was Jack managing that from a team perspective over the course of the two days?
1: Yeah, I think it was... Well, it was you sort of just had to to play it by ear at first. Um, we we elected to run two tires in the first race. We decided that pretty early, and nothing was ever going to really change that. So, Cam and I ran sixth and seventh in that race, and I think we were the first of the guys that that took two tires. So, after that race, we probably knew we were in a in a pretty good position um, for the next few races, and and then it was really a matter of uh, whether. You just wanted to go that consistent um, sort of route and get, get some points, which is what Cam elected to do and just take three each stop for the next couple of races. Um, but for me, you know, I think our qualifying um, on on yesterday morning, Sunday morning was it really decided our strategy because I didn't have a great qualifying. I, finished, I, I was 13th in the first one and uh, and then I qualified fourth for the for the next race, the last race, and, um, and that that was a no brainer for us. It was, we just thought, well, let's put all our eggs in the one basket and and go for gold in the the last race. So a bit of pain for, um, for for Sunday morning's race, and then um, paid off at the end of the day.
5: And Jack, that's what made the weekend so unpredictable, wasn't it? Is that every car had one race where they were out of rubber, where they were really struggling. So that's what delivered these unpredictable results with, Lee coming up to a pro, um, to a podium, Percat grabbing a win in race eight, and those really jumbled results over the course of the weekend.
2: Yeah, definitely, it was actually is awesome. It was, it was really cool the way it spiced everything cup and um, just changed the way we were racing. Everyone was um, having a good crack, and um, I was actually quite quite surprised we didn't actually have a safety car with everyone being so um, yeah. well, sorry, away from it for so long. Everyone was well behaved, but everyone raced pretty hard as well, so that was really cool and. Yeah, I love the format. I'm actually looking forward to seeing what the, the next few rounds bring. And um, it's going to be very different with that deg there, there at Winton. But uh, yeah, it should be pretty cool. But we uh, just need to keep pressing on. And hopefully we can um, yeah have a good result like old Lee. Lee, Lee. Absolutely. He's, um, you know his new, his new nickname is uh, Cab Sav. So he's, uh,
5: <laughs> Cab Sav? Well, as yeah. he gets, gets better with age? Or?
2: Exactly. Yep. So, <laughs> get faster and faster, I'll tell you. Yeah. Don, <laughs> Don, I, Don, I, Let's hope I so. <laughs> I, I
5: sampled some fine Barossa Valley Capsev on Sunday night to celebrate the truck assist podium. So, uh, I, oh, that's, a good, run, yeah. that's a good metaphor. I like it.
1: I, I haven't um, had a chance to yet.
5: No, well, getting in bright and early in the morning wouldn't have helped the cause That the drive no. back, <laughs> back from Sydney. I might um, have a
1: couple tonight.
5: Yeah, you, I think you should, make to celebrate. Um, to. And you almost got in strife as well, Lee, in uh, getting towards Jesse Yates there with the champagne you were spraying towards the end of the broadcast there. There was a bit of nerves from a tv point of view i think
1: (laughs) uh just like to spice things up you know we didn't have any fun getting on a podium and and celebrating it that way which is um you know it took away from it a little bit Mm. to be honest uh it, it didn't really feel like a proper podium where you know you have that emotional side where the team are all surrounding you and you know giving you high fives and all the rest of it and um you know, spraying each other with champagne and uh, and you know carrying the trophy around together but um, so after a while I saw the champagne bottle in the in the garage and I thought I might as well do a solo podium by myself <laughs> out the front and and then I just happened to see scafi Lowndes and Jess standing there I thought well you know give them a bit of a spray too It's all,
5: it's all about <laughs> the branding it gets some more truck assist on TV it was exactly hey exactly. Two topics I want to finish up on, boys, and and Jack, I'll throw this one at you. During the races, we saw the the degradation. It was the biggest talking point of the whole weekend. And when you had fresh tyres, you were doing 28s and 29s. And when the tyres were gone, there were guys wobbling around in 35s and there were some even slower when they were right out of rubber. Can you just elaborate what it's like to drive compared to a, a brand new, nice Dunlop? when they're absolutely fresh out of life and you're hanging on at the end. What's that difference like?
2: Yeah, it's really hard to explain. It's almost like going from dry to the wet in a way. It's um it's pretty crazy. Like some some of the we were getting wheel spin yesterday at the end. I like we did uh roughly 22 23 laps on on one set of tires at the end there. So they were pretty uh pretty knackered. But um I think Lee he was uh had seven laps better tires than us so he came past us like we're standing still so it just uh shows you how much the deg is it, it just um yeah it's degrades so crazy and uh, when it drops away you you get pretty worried it's awesome for the first few laps you're like having the best time of your life but um yeah when it starts dropping away you're just counting down the laps and uh yeah you're just trying to hang on it's just so it's just mentally draining just trying to hold on to the car everything sort of tenses up in the um the way you drive you're just trying to hold on to it and just micromanage every input you put into the car so uh yeah, it's difficult, but um, yeah, old Lee did a better job of that over the weekend, so um, he's on it. Good boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best way
1: to describe it, Richard, is that you know, with the tires going away, you you probably you always pick up the throttle pretty much at the same point, but the time that it takes from getting from zero percent throttle to one hundred percent throttle just becomes longer and longer and longer. Um, chasing that grip out of the corner because you're always on the threshold of the grip level so you you're near a wheel spin the whole time but if you step over that you overheat the tyre and you can really kill it so when we say we're conserving the tyre that's pretty much what we're trying to do is is reduce the amount of wheel slip and um, and not push the tyre too hard but after every lap you just take longer and longer to get to full throttle and and it's really hard to manage mentally like Jack said it's just it's so tough you know it's not so much a physically demanding thing but it's it's really tough mentally to to just be on it that it's like pressing on an eggshell and and you're just trying not to break through the eggshell um, is the best way to describe it it's 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 tough and Winton is going to be different definitely um, because the deg there is is virtually nothing so well, um, I'd like to see that, you know, we run the hard tire. We, we, we um, you know, that it's mandatory that we run the hard tire. And, and I think that'll be the thing that creates
2: the, the passing.
5: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, and last one, the other big topic of conversation was the fact that the amount of data you guys can consume over a weekend is now vastly reduced. And, and it's a lot more engineering by the seat of your pants. Lee, did that play a role in, the weekend and I know they've provided data on the Monday after. So does that make the debriefing and the planning ahead even more important moving forward?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I think the more familiar we are with the car and a little bit of experience pays off as well. um, The, you know, probably for Jack and and some other guys that have moved teams, JC, um, you know, not knowing what you need, uh, out of the car straight away, whether it's a spring or whether it's you know roll center or squad or something like that, it can be quite difficult to to nail that when you when you don't you haven't done it before. And um, I suppose with with myself and Sammy, we I, I felt like we uh, we did a pretty good job of that with um, you know, knowing what to do each session and and him just relying on my feedback to tune the car. Um, it, it's it's a very old school way of racing and I think it's really cool because it, it brings out um, a lot more challenges for the weekend and, um, and it puts all that technical stuff to the side, which is, which is great because it's, uh, you know, the less technical, the, the less money that, that's required and um, yeah, but it's, it's one of those rounds, that one. I think, um, yeah, Eastern Creek, if you don't have a good car around there, you can really struggle and one little misbalance turns into a terrible misbalance throughout the race.
5: And Jack, just finally for you, as in your first year in the team, is it a handicap for you getting up to speed and, and learning the way the Mustang behaves and the way the team works and what changes it likes compared to what you've known in the past?
2: Uh, yeah, I suppose it's uh, it was pretty good the telemetry we've still got. We're still able to get enough out of it for me to, to help understand... Um, what I need out of the car, and we can still compare um, our speed and steering, all sort of stuff, to the other guys. So for me, I'm still able to learn off, off Lee and Cam and the other guys there. So um, yeah, it's definitely interesting though. You, you lose a lot of that stuff, and it makes it harder for the engineers to, to tune off the data. It relies a lot more on our feedback uh, given to the, the engineer. But um, yeah, look, it's it's fine. I suppose we've been doing it for a long time now. i just got to understand this car and work out what it needs, and uh, yeah, we'll just keep moving forward.
5: Well, I think it was good for the show, boys. The racing was outstanding. You all put on a show, and from a Tickford racing point of view, all four cars by the end of the weekend were in and amongst the top ten, so that looks really promising. Uh, I'm sure you're absolutely stuffed after a massive weekend, so uh, go and have a glass of red, relax, uh, and we look forward to catching up at Winton for the next round. Thanks for joining us, boys. Really appreciate your time, and congratulations on a great weekend.
1: Thanks, mate. Cheers, Rob.
0: Like all right, time to catch up with our good mate, Mark Walker, and find out exactly uh, his thoughts on what happened over what was a pretty good weekend. Hello, Mark, how are you?
6: Hello there, Shebexter, Uh Going to be a short show today. I, I can't see this going for very long at all. Not, not much to talk about, really. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you, you know what? Where Victoria, do we start? Victoria. Well, I'd start in Victoria. It's the sporting capital of the world where they've also made coronavirus a sport, which I think is a nice touch.
0: And there's crowd allowed to that sport as well. <laughs> oh stop. As <laughs> many as you can bring.
5: Several thousand in the northwestern suburbs yes. by the looks of it.
0: <laughs> oh Lord, it is it Fennicum, it is going to the brown stuff down here. It's just crazy. Having said that though, and we should take uh hope of the fact that New South Wales actually do have overall more coronavirus cases since this started. And it's more not more. a competition, Chebex. No, I understand that. but <laughs> They're fucking it now, though. I understand that. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, the consequences could be dire for uh, for our sport. And let's start looking at that, boys, because a, a few things have come out today and will continue to come out. And, and whatever we say today may be absolutely obsolete tomorrow. And we should make that clear, that this has been recorded on Tuesday, the 30th of June. And Wednesday, the 1st of July, is a totally... New day, But what we do know is that the Queensland government have uh, placed a massive ban on anyone coming into their state from Victoria, meaning that you'll need to quarantine for two weeks if you do come into Queensland from Victoria, and you'll need to pay for that quarantine period in a hotel for yourself. It won't be paid for by the government. What that means is that teams coming from the Gold Coast to Winton in two weeks' time may have to do exactly that when they head back. And it also means that teams heading to Townsville may also have to do that two weeks prior to the actual Townsville event. So two out of the next three events, gentlemen, look dodgy.
5: Yeah. So by, by my reckoning, there's there's no conceivable way Winton can happen now. Um, and, and it's to the point where the South Australian government and the Queensland government have both said that even if, for instance, an Adelaide team plays a Melbourne team in Queensland, they still have to quarantine after it. So they're just completely avoiding any contact whatsoever um, with, with uh, anything from Victoria. The the interesting thing for this, and there was a bit of chat about this on social media as well, is that the, the whole state of Victoria is being punished for, the errors of, what what is it, 10 postcodes? in, in 10 postcodes and about 30 yeah. suburbs
0: included in those postcodes. Yeah,
5: so it's a big chunk of it. And and yes, you kind of have to group the whole state into it regardless. But, uh, you know, the, the argument from some is that Winton's 190 ks north of Melbourne and um, regional Victoria seems to be okay at the moment with no outbreaks up there. But again, you never know. So it, it's, it's a really tricky situation. Um, professional sport is going mad trying to work this out, given Melbourne is such a hub for all of it. And we're very much in the same boat when it comes to supercars in particular and motorsport broadly. Um, And and I have confirmed talking to a few of my mates in Queensland at race teams up there in that they have been all grouped or painted with the same brush, if you will. So a race team coming to Victoria from uh, Queensland, whether it is a Carrera cup team or a supercar team, are all in the same boat. There's yeah. no exceptions. It's all the same deal as it is for footy and all the other teams. So um, this affects more than just supercars for racing wanting to go on. So it leaves, it leaves supercars in particular with very few options about what to do for Winton on the 18th and 19th of July.
6: I mean, you're right in saying that Winton's three hours up the road from, from Melbourne. So, I mean, there is that, that space there if you're on another planet and you're able to argue on a, a level playing field, you could say that uh, we'd put the Queensland teams up in Albury, they'd transit straight to Winton. The only bit of win- uh, Victoria they would touch would be the garage walls. And then they'd go straight back out. That way there's no possible way that they'd catch the lurgy off any Victorians. Mm. That's, that's not an argument that's going to stand up. Unfortunately, I just can't see it happening. And I, I just can't see this Townsville event happening either. Like, bringing all these Victorians and I mean the, the Tickford workshops in the next suburb over from mm. Broadmeadows Great. where one of the lockdowns is and the saving grace that they've got there is that there aren't any residential areas in their postcode so uh, it's hard to have many cases there because yeah. it's all just industrial estate so um, I hope that uh, they don't have any dramas there with their staff living in boarding suburbs Uh, not being able to go to work or whatnot. Obviously, they would be figuring that out as we speak. But um, interesting time. Obviously, up here in Queensland, the casinos are reopening, but just with no Victorians. Yeah. Which is
0: probably where most of the money would come from. (laughs) Exactly. I read
5: read your nightclubs are opening as well, Mark. I know you regularly frequent the Brisbane nightlife um, before your your seven o'clock bedtime. But um, apparently, the rules are that you have to stay seated uh, at, at your suits, nightclub, suits sit me seated. fine. So you can sit there and nod your head to the doof doof going on down the front, which um, is actually only, how I do. The club only reason
0: I, I go to a nightclub is to dance for four hours and lose three kilos of weight.
5: <laughs> yep, I've got nothing for that, Chebecs. I've it's seen you in a nightclub. It's not great. It's uh, it, it talk about in uninhibited. Um, that, that's another podcast coming up. That away. is another
0: podcast, exactly. Uh, but
5: but Mark, Mark's correct, though. It, it, it's a really, it, it's a massively tricky situation. And, and the irony of all this at the moment is that unless things change and New South Wales, who has already said, we don't want Victorians coming up, but they've proved already it's very tough to close the border, physically close the border between New South Wales and Victoria. It, it seems like Sydney could be the only middle ground they can find here. Um, and and they may just end up going back to Sydney Motorsport Park. It might be the only way they can make this work geographically for Queensland and for Victorian teams and go to the same quarantine hub model that they ran on the weekend. And then if it extends further than that, and as Mark says, towns will disappear, which has to be a likelihood. And there's massive irony in the Queensland government, technically boning the event that they're still funding. Yeah. It, it does my head in with that. But, um, then supercars will have to get creative and work out different ways to go motor racing. And that may involve some hubs come to SA for a fortnight, do a couple of rounds. Like we've, we've talked about in this show during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, what about Lakefield park? That's uh, in well, New South Wales. Yeah. I, I reckon, you know, like I, I've been to, I went to three DVS super two rounds at that joint and the racing was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. There were some sketchy drivers in Super 2 at the time, but it was pretty good. So, look, there's no reason why you couldn't run at Wakefield Park. It's just a matter of, of thinking outside the box. And to be honest, what supercars have paid Vanilla Auto Club to hire Winton for the weekend, they could probably just go, well, we'll just do it at Wakefield instead of going to Winton because it's owned by the same mob. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to require some, some real lateral thinking. And, and this will be a massive test. For the management of supercars and their and their government relationships as well because the, the thing that worries me the most is that if aussie rules which is the most government connected sport going around um and and has the most power of any sport in this country to leverage their position if they're in crisis mode scrambling and looking at moving all their melbourne teams out of melbourne to hub them up somewhere else to avoid this then um, it's a real difficult situation for every other sport in the country at the moment just because of this, this Victorian drama.
0: You have to give a bit of kudos to the AFL too. For those that don't know that are listening to us via Radio Show Limited's RS1, the AFL had to make an amendment to their round fixture for this weekend. Yeah. Effectively on the Monday of the week of the round, which started on the Thursday due to the fact that Queensland said that the Richmond Football Club couldn't head up to the Gold Coast to play West Coast which are over there from Perth as mm. part of a hub. So fixture totally changed. Clubs were brought forward three days. The Carlton St. Kilda match was meant to be played on Sundays. Now being played on the Thursday. So congratulations to all those people and the clubs and the, and the league and the stuff for, for being creative in their thinking. And we just mm. hope that uh, supercars can be exactly the same.
5: Yeah. It's about flexibility boys. That's it. The, the other thing I'd like to bring up and, and I'm, I don't like getting on my high horse, but I'm not afraid to do it sometimes. Um, there's there's a lot of people. It's not a lot of people. It's a select few on social media and it's footies cop this as well going, well, just cancel it. Just do Bathurst and don't worry about the rest of the season. It doesn't work that way. It, like if you cut the season off right now and said, oh, we've given up. It's too hard. There there are two and a half thousand people that will be out of work in a month. Yeah, And a, aside from... Fox not paying their TV bill, major sponsors not paying their bills, promoters being defaulted. The list goes on and on and on, and it spreads on well beyond just the bubble of supercars. So that's why it's not that easy. And that's why every sport is scrambling to come up with whatever alternative they can to try and make this work, because there are literally jobs and lives on the line in terms of livelihood to Keep this thing going so the industry can survive, and otherwise we won't come out of this the other side. That's why everyone is scrambling to make this work. And I mean, the
6: thing is, Victoria are taking steps by mm. locking down these places. Yep. They're being proactive. They're not going to let it run right and and take over control. A couple months down the road, we might be all squared off and good to go, happy everywhere. I mean, yeah, it, it changes by the minute. Every week we come on here with a different thing to <laughs> talk about on this subject, which we've done for the past three months, and the target always is moving mm-hmm. so hopefully um you know Australia as a whole we've done a fantastic job to com- compared to some of the other places on earth and uh, we're not far off but we just need Victoria to to sort their little mess out and hopefully by locking down these suburbs for the next month they can do that and nip it in the bud and we can all go racing everywhere
0: what I will say is that uh, Brad Jones is coming on the program this week and we were meant to have him on before our chat here tonight, but uh, Supercars have pulled a board meeting, which is expected to go way into the night. So I'm assuming that from that board meeting, we will have some answers in the next day or two as to where that is happening. And that that's, could be one of the more crucial and one of the more important board meetings that Supercars have actually called together in a very long time.
5: Oh, it—they're it, all important at the moment in in that game at Supercars with everything going on, let alone coronavirus. But yeah, poor old Bradley—he's <laughs> just got off celebrating a victory for his team in Sydney. Amazing weekend, um, and gets lumped with all this as a decision maker for the sport now, um, having to work his way out, especially going into his what what is his home event at uh, at Winton. Yeah, I, I w- there's no way I'd want to be on the Supercars board or in their management at the moment. It just they will earn their bucks over the next couple of weeks trying to work out how this all all plays out. But and
0: the, the thing with being on the board, Richard, is and the majority of those board members are team owners or, mm. in, in Jamie Winkups' case, a, a driver and the like. But it's really hard to balance up what's best for the sport and what's best for your team. And in this case, uh, it, it, this is going to be a really tough decision that these guys will need to make because they've got to put they've got to wear both hats. On one yeah, hand, they've got to think about the people that work for them and, what, and how this may affect them. And on the other hand, they've got to think about the sport.
5: Yeah, but I, I think any decision they make now, is it, they, it goes hand in hand from team to sport. If it's good for the sport, it'll be good for the teams. And if it's not good for the sport, the team's going to suffer. I, I, I'm not sure that even plays into their thinking, to yeah. be honest with you. I'm not sure.
6: But, you know, all the vested interests, we came up with the format that we had last weekend, which was yeah. great.
5: Yeah. And, and that's, I think the positive out of all of this is that from an operations point of view, the sports work extremely well getting to this point to back on racing and coming up with a format and a set of rules and, and even the um, the protocols in place to manage the weekend from a social distancing point of view, from where the, the drivers were all hubbed up in um, the alpha hotel across the road from, from Sydney Motorsport Park to everything around it. Um, there was a lot of creative thinking going into it. Um, and a lot of that we singled out in the, the power rankings on the racetalk.com as well. So, um, look, I I reckon they're batting 100 at the moment. They're doing a terrific job, but they, um, they need to make some more smart decisions. But I think to, to put some positive spin on all of this, boys, we're coming off the back of a really positive, successful, enjoyable weekend of motor racing um that that just proved that the product is still bloody good when it needs to be yeah.
0: and that was going to be exactly my segue richard is that if we were to race at city motorsport park again in two weeks time <laughs> Copy would paste. it really matter because we had a fantastic weekend there this weekend tire deg was just amazing in regards to helping this formula get some sort of parity, I suppose. The cars worked well together. There was that parity. Just everything worked hand in hand to ensure that we had a good two days racing, Mark.
6: Oh, it was unbelievable, wasn't it? I mean, you cannot complain about what we saw on the track there. People have tried to complain. Oh, the arrow's no, no but good. How? But if they changed the aero, we wouldn't have had that race meeting we had on the weekend. No, I mean, There's nothing wrong with it. Just get on with it and race. Mm. Obviously, the tyres were a major, major factor. And that's been the thing that's, been lacking all along apparently because people had to pick a strategy like a lot of the guys obviously i've listened to your piece you did with uh, lee holdsworth there with nti truck assist and they sacrificed their sunday the first sunday race so they had good tires for the afternoon one yeah but it didn't always work like that Mm. there were a lot of guys who were back in the pack. They just didn't give up their tyres for a certain race and suddenly came good. You still had to be good. Those Brad Jones cars were good all weekend. Percat yep. was on the money. Hazelwood could have won that uh, last race on Sunday. Um, Parody-wise, spot on. Yeah, There's no, nothing you can pick between the and Fools. Nailed it.
5: Right. Mm, nailed it. I, and and that, that's another great outcome. And it probably wasn't talked about on the weekend because there was so much going on. But... Um, I I think if we went to Sydney Motorsport Park in the first half of last year, it would have been Mustangs 136 and then the next Commodore because it's such an aero track with all that high-speed, mid-speed corner. But, like, absolutely nailed it. Um, They've done a super job. And, and yes, the cars are a a bit awkward to follow now because of the gurney flap that's been added to the back of some of these cars to add some drag. That's fine. But as Mark said, the the product hasn't suffered for that. Look not every race is going to be a belter, but it never is in motorsport. But what they did to engineer the product in Sydney to what it was, was an outstanding success. And who would have thought that some cars on rubbish old tires and cars on new tires would pass each other. What a, what a shock. A couple of things I hope that, that come out of that. I hope we never see or hear the term fuel drop mentioned again in a race because I don't think it's necessary anymore. Um, those 200K races, I don't think, they never really hit the spot for me. Um, we, there was enough strategy on the weekend, but I love the fact we got two race starts on Sunday. We got two qualifying sessions, punchy qualifying sessions. You probably could have made them shorter given the conditions. And, and I reckon if they go back to Sydney Motorsport Park, you give them 10 minutes perhaps because it was one set of tyres, set of lap, and on your second lap, your tyres were three tenths slower. So you weren't going to go faster anyway. So make qualifying even more intense and more committed to that one lap. And that just raises the pressure again because if your ball's the lap up, you're nowhere. Um, and that's what we saw with like, Chas Mostert. He, he was so good for two of the three races. One of them, he qualified terribly and was buried in the midfield. Um, and the other thing I want to talk about, Mark and Shebex, is that, that midfield fight. So it, it was McLaughlin... Wing Cup Van Gisbergen on pace all weekend and then everybody else back to MSR and Team Sydney at the back of the field. Which which is just awesome. How many times yeah. were
6: they running three wide on the racetrack? Oh mate. You, you don't see it, but it no. happened
5: every bloody race. They were three wide. Yes or no answer, boys. Was race eight. So Nick Percat was that race eight, Nick Percat wins. It was the first race on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Percat wins. Um, don't start me on the race number in oh, I will fire up about that. Dead set. How on earth are we eight races into a championship where we've only had five of them? It's bloody stupid. We've worked it's this out. out. Um, race eight was amazing. So Percat blazes to the front, chases Wink passes him after the pit stop. And then behind it, you've got old defending champion Scotty Mack blazing through the field, warring with Reynolds and Mostert and Cam Waters. They're four wide like is that yes or no answer is that the best supercar race in the last 12 months oh nearly maybe even two years excluding bathurst of course because that's
0: maybe out. even two years and the reason i say that is because predominantly most of the other races for the last year for the last two years mm. have been pretty predictable in regards to who's going to be up the front and who's going to win all of a sudden you're throwing in a, a, an absolute wild card in percat who hasn't won a race since 2016 Mm. So that's four years in the making. You throw in a team in BJR who we gave absolute plaudits to at the start of last year and fell away towards the end, and they've come good again. It, it just—it was a fairy tale finish. It was great. Clearly a yes. <laughs> but remember, after that
6: first week of the year series, everyone was up and about. Oh, yeah. how good is this? Yeah. It was actually rubbish, but <laughs> everyone was still up and about because it was a bit of Wednesday night hidden yeah. giggle.
5: But but probably to to be weekend. fair, we were all quite drunk when that was going on. Exactly. So. Yeah, true. <laughs>
6: but that on the weekend would stack up anywhere. That was yeah. great. That's my yeah. first point on that. Uh, the Nick Perkett situation. That's great. An underdog win. How can you not like an underdog win? Uh, Nick Perkett, I like him. Uh, I think when he first came into it, there was a bit of the people thought he was built in the mold of Garth. Had a mm. bit of attitude about him. But I think that's been bashed out of him. You, you look at the E-Series, what he did there with uh, Nelson, sensational. Yep. Like, he, he's a good dude, good value. You listen to some of the podcasts he's done. ripper a bloke. So I'm really happy for him. I'm happy for Brad Jones as an underdog organization getting the job done. But that is the sort of team that responds when there's something new on the table. A rule change. Like, you look back to the 2013 when the car of the future came in, yep. Brad Jones were on it this year. We've got the, the new aero. We've got the new uh, control shock. Uh, so something new in the mix and Brad Jones have come out and they were strong and yep. they legitimately won that race on the weekend. Like new tires or not, they still got the job done. So, Nick Perkett, they're seventh at the championship. piece results in the weekend with fifth, first, and ninth. So, yep. he, he was in the mix all weekend long. And like we said, Todd Hazelwood uh, was on there in that last race. Had to settle for eighth at the finish. Um, didn't quite get it done. Even Macaulay Jones, like, he was in that shootout, yeah. wasn't he? So yeah, he was, So, he's yeah. shown, shown some good pace, too. So, uh, promising signs there for them. Yeah. The, all we've the... asked
0: for is contenders. Multiple contenders. Not just one or two or three cars, but multiple contenders. And we're finally, but, from what we saw on the weekend, maybe getting to that. And that's great. Not, not even that, Shebex, for mine. Because if
5: you go back through the annals of motorsport, which we, we all do, th- there's never more than two or three good teams at any point of yeah. any season in the history of the sport. It's a really rare season. And I'm not just talking about touring car racing here. I'm talking about F1 IndyCar... IndyCar's a bit more variable. In the peak of cart, you'd have 19 different winners a year. But um, in any given season, there's two, three teams that are on the absolute money all the time. Then there's a couple of others that are close behind. We don't necessarily want the championship fight. Well, I mean, we'd love it. It'd be amazing. But it's, it's never going to happen. The championship to come down to 10 drivers from five teams at the final round of the year. It just doesn't work like that what we want is what we saw in the first race on Sunday at the weekend. We want those teams that when they're on their money and when the driver's driving well, and they know the strategy, we want them to have the chance to win. Yes. And, and it's been 30 races since anyone's had that chance to do it. And that's what we love about that per cap result. And that's what another point I want to touch on in a minute, Mark, is Chas Mostert, because I think now, WAU have all of a sudden got some credentials because he backed up what he did in Adelaide, which could have been a one-off with legitimate pace and consistency at Sydney Motorsport Park as well. So we just, every now and then, to have that other name pop up is what keeps it from being this rut where there's just one or two teams or drivers dominating all the time.
6: Well, let's look at the field. They're capable. You, you mm. just mentioned Walk and and Trinity United. Chaz is obviously uh, doing great things here. was third, fourth, and fourth over the weekend. So he yeah. would have been on the weekend podium if they had uh, an end of weekend podium. Uh, Brad Jones, race winner. Kelly's, well, they, they had a bit of a shocker by their standards. Like just go capable. back,
0: though, to WAU. Throw mm. Bryce forward into the mix as yeah, well. He exactly. was really competitive this weekend. Yeah, I thought he did a super job. He's
5: been really impressive. This year, I was really impressed with Bryce with the way he carried himself through E-Series and and spoke to him a couple of times on our show sponsored by National Transport Insurance and Truck Assist and um, really impressed with him. I I thought he drove really well on the weekend.
6: So, Kelly's, they had a bit of a shocker. Matt Stone's had a bit of a shocker. Uh, You think the Kelly's are capable of progressing? They've got the the know-how there
5: to get the job done. Heimgartner had top seven pace on occasion, at points over the weekend. So he was quickish. Um, They just couldn't nail their races. But th- they'll get there. Remember, they're, they're still very early days. Tickford, uh, you obviously
6: had Leroy up there with the P2. Uh, Waters with two sixth-place finishes. JLB had his best weekend in two years. So that was good. James Courtney, he was solid yeah, he as was well. He was great. Yeah. yeah.
0: For, for a first weekend with a team, that was yeah. a super effort from him. It's-
6: Yeah, so uh, great job there by JC. You go on to Penrite Erebus. By the end of the weekend there, they they got it together a bit more. Anton had a couple of top tens. Obviously, Reynolds had a a fifth and a fourth after sacrificing his Saturday. Uh, Red Bull Holden Racing Team, Dejar Team Penske, obviously class outfits there. Team Sydney had a a, a bit of a battle. Uh, But Team 18, fifth place finish there for Frosty as well. So they're capable. They're all well and, and truly
5: capable. And Scott Pye had some decent pace at, at points on the weekend. And, and that's the thing, though. Is it's, it was so difficult to show anything if you're buried in that field because it was so hard to get by, tyres or not, because um, it was just so tightly bunched You know, behind that top three. We've got to talk about car 12 because mm. um, Scott McLaughlin's fighting a lone hand against the Red Bulls at the moment. Uh, yeah. and, and we saw this on occasion last year as well where Fabian's struggles and car 12's struggles are well documented. And, and you don't want to lump all of this on fabs because it's a team and it's down to the engineer and everything behind it. But that, that's going to be a big storyline this year, boys, is what happens to that car because Shelby power racing need car 12 at the front with Scott or, or at the very least, they need him P4 behind the red bulls, just taking points off them when he can for the team's championship and to help that driver's title because it's still two V one at the moment. And aside from qualifying fourth for that second race, um, yeah, real, real tough signs for car 12. So they've got some serious work to do in one half of that, that garage and and whatever the disconnect is there that was very prevalent throughout last season seems to have continued over at the moment, which will be really concerning for those guys.
6: So what could that disconnect be? I mean, I'm not close to the team. I haven't talked to Fabian. I I don't know. What could it be? Could it be the fact that he's not on the same page as his engineer, that they have had engineering changes there? That could be one. Uh, It could be the fact that he's just not – his driving style doesn't suit that car. We've seen that over the years where Craig Lowndes, they throw a new compound tyre at the cars. It doesn't suit his style and he's pee nowhere. Is it something in the, the reg changes this year that just isn't suiting Fabian's style? Is it a case of they've built that team around Scott and it's, it's all set up in Scott's style. We've seen that before with Scott McLaughlin when he was at GRM and James Moffat went in there alongside him. It was all set up in the style of Scotty because it works Mm -hmm. for Scotty. It must work for you as well. So we don't know what level of combination of any of those it could be, but, um, Baby and is capable. He's won yeah. a lot of races in the Great. past. He can get it done. Like the the team can do it. So, hopefully, they lift um, and have another car up there in the mix.
0: Whatever yeah. it is, though, it's been around for a while, hasn't it? It's well, been the best part of two years.
5: Well, yeah, Shebeck, sort of. I mean, it was it was uh, a, a lucky second at Townsville and race two at Townsville last year in the rain um, was a high point. He had a couple of wins. Remember Phillip Island and Barbagello Gello last year. Um, So his first half of the season wasn't too bad, but from Queensland Raceway through to Sandown Mm. um, and, and of course the 500 there. uh, Yeah, that was, it was really challenging for him. He didn't have a podium at any point in those events. And then he was third and second in Newey at the end of last season. So he came good on the straight circuit at the end of the year, but um, it was it was really rough that mid-stretch um, at Queensland raceway tenth and eighteenth twelfth and tenth at the bend last year seventh and twelfth at Pukekohe twenty-first um, at Bathurst probably not fair to compare that one uh, 9th and eleventh at Surface Paradise so really battled through the second half of last season uh, and it looks like that sort of continued over on the weekend had a uh, what was it was a cram wheel failure I think it was on uh, in that final race I had the DNF and got the Uber ride back but. Um, you know, 15th in the championship, he's gone 10th, 9th, 10th, 15th in the three four races he's finished so far um, for what should be the best car in the field yeah. or close to it. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's not great. And that, they'll know that, obviously.
4: Oh,
6: dear. What a weekend. Like, I, I just think it was, a, yeah, there were a lot more hots than there were nots when we were compiling yeah. the power rankings this week, which is, which is always what you want to see. So the, the, the hope is there that this can carry on. As the season progresses, whatever form that may take. Actually, what, one positive thing to come out today was the crowds uh, being allowed back at Darwin to an extent, yes. 4,500 people a day, which is a good thing for up there. Hopefully, everything sorts out and the Victorians are allowed to travel up there.
5: Yeah, that, that's great science for sure. And it and bodes well for the rest of the year as we, as we build on. Um, I know in South Australia now, 5,000 people a game at uh, state football at the Adelaide Oval. Um, which they sold out both days on the weekend. It's the first time a sample game's been sold out in about 50 years. But People um, just needed something. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that that bodes well. Again, not that there's any supercars over here for the rest of the year now, as we touched on last week. Um, so, look, it, it's going in the right direction in a lot of the country. Um, and I, I think part of the reason we're also frustrated with what's going on in Melbourne at the moment is because we've now got that taste back. Like we've had footy back for a couple of weeks. We've got an amazing weekend of racing at Sydney Motorsport Park. And, um, you know, the, the potential to not carry on with that now is really irritating because it was such a successful return to the sport. Um, yeah. And I think, boys, we really do need to single out um, that team at Supercars. I've had, they, they cop a lot of crap sometimes, that organisation, but within it are amazing, really, really good people um, and i 've had the good per- um, fortune to work with guys like Phil Shaw, who was behind the scenes putting that event together on the weekend i 've worked with him at twelve hour operationally before really smart, sensible, thoughtful operators that that are common sense don 't take any rubbish, make tough calls when they need to, um, but are very, very open to discussion and how things roll so Um, And and to Nath Prendergast, who's been on the show before, headed up the TV. I mean, the TV was just about flawless, as you'd expect, wasn't it? Despite the dramas um, and and the restrictions in place. And, you know, we noted on the power rankings, Mark, the only thing we probably missed was the extra pit reporters, was Amir and Rihanna feeding more information back from a tie point of view, because that was the key narrative on the weekend. But, you know, force majeure, and that's the way it was.
6: I mean, that will probably simplify a bit when we get to these mixed tyre races where it's soft and hard compounds and they mm. can have the light on the car so you know that they're on the hard or the soft. Yeah. Whereas on the weekend, it was a bit of a – when six cars were pit at once, you could only keep one set of eyeballs on them because they're quick pit stops yeah. anyway. Did they change two, three or four, which uh, had a bearing as the race would go on? So, uh, And even then, when they put the tyres on, what condition were they in? You'd yeah. need to have – a pit reporter there looking at that car saying they were absolutely scrubbers yeah. when they went on the car. So hopefully yeah. uh, as the borders open up, we can get some more pit reporters in there. Actually, one thing I really enjoyed, I don't know if anybody else was still tuned in by the time that Neil Crompton did his little walk behind the pits on Sunday afternoon. That was fantastic where he got to talk to all the drivers, they obviously sent the memo out going, we want all the drivers to be standing at the back of the pit crew <laughs> pit yep. garages looking casual, looking uh, natural. Having I, a latte, uh, having a latte as the uh, pit boom ninja ninja came down and uh, had all their chats, which was really good. So pit um, boom yeah, it was.
0: Pit I boom. tell you what, though, if we take anything out of the weekend, if they do have the final race of the year at Sydney Motorsport Park, if the calendar continues the way it's going, under lights, tired egg. Yeah, let's hope they don't do anything to the track between now and then. That yeah. is going to be a spectacular finale.
5: Well, you know, and that's it's
0: thirty points between one, two, and three.
5: That format would be, yeah oh yeah that format would work on a Saturday night wouldn't it oh so, yeah so Sunday ran between well uh, ten thirty and three thirty I think was the stretch I think the couple of qualies and then the two races Connects that down a little bit you know four o'clock to ten o'clock um you know it's it's still light till nine o'clock in in summer there so um the lights will come on. Uh, fireworks, spectacular! Yeah, yeah. I, I mean the the championship will finish there. It's going to finish at Sydney Motorsport Park. It's what happens in between that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the million dollar question that no one's got the answer to. But um, yeah, look, I, I I feel like we can be positive because um because the product what we saw was good, and we we should say, assuming we go to Winton, it won't be the same. Winton's not a high deck track. Um, it will be different style of racing, but. The quick bang, bang, bang format works. The shorter sprint races, I think, work. Throw some tyre strategy in and mix compounds. Um, It's better than what was there. And they've changed the product because they had to change it. But the changes they've made have made it better. Whereas if you look at footy, Shebex, I don't know about you, but they've made it 16-minute quarters for stupid reasons, and that's rubbish. And it hasn't really done anything except made the footy worse. So at least they're going in the right direction by improving the product. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of this sticks around moving forward into the future. And how are the Adelaide Crows going, by the way? Absolutely rubbish, rubbish. Makes two of us. Better than better, yeah. Richmond, yeah, not at all. <laughs> Richmond are going awful as well. Shouldn't at least we've in, won one and
0: drawn one. I suppose no, that's some Shouldn't have played
5: in that seventeen grand final. That's the that's yeah, the,
0: yeah.
4: Hey boys, than always, than always great. Way. Always hey, great got, to
0: catch up.
5: Elephant in the room: Dale Rogers, MIA again. Yeah. I copped it for missing one week. Now, Dale, we we got a group chat message on Monday going. Um, sorry, boys, uh, I'm not going to be able to contribute to the power rankings uh, this week. Didn't weekend. watch much of it. I uh, didn't see any of it. Um, with no reason, um, just completely unacceptable to our high level of professional standard here at the yeah. race talking on the grid. Um, we can only assume that Dale was sampling the ski fields um, in the Victorian Alps. Um, <laughs> possibly checking what bottle of Penfold's Grains was ready to be corked and uh, aerated in the cellar uh, or talking to the butler to polish the rolls. We're not sure. We don't know. Um, hasn't given us a valid excuse yet, but it, it needed to be called out that that level of commitment. Or I think for the first time in a long right?
0: time, we need to essential, uh, assemble the race talk tribunal. Yeah. And yep. Uh, get a podcast standard observer <laughs> to or Colberto. the PSO. <laughs> Uh, All right, catches up uh, next please. week. We'll do. It's your week next week. Marks and Dove can <laughs> <up again. laughs> stay. Just, just stick
5: around.
4: <laughs> yeah, All right, boys. We'll Thank
0: you for joining us as well, folks. We'll catch you again next week right here on the grid.